I'm learning to like listen to what I need. And so sometimes I think I've come in and been like, I need to eat more fruit. And you're like, why? And I'm like, because I like it and I feel better when I eat it, but I don't eat it. <laughs> like things <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, there isn't, there isn't like any sort of way that you've been like, Faith, you need to eat. I'm going to use chicken breast. Yeah. There's no hatred for the chicken. Yes, yeah, right. No, no, but, there isn't. <laughs> um, but um, you know, you need to eat chicken breast three days a week, or you should be eating this. Like there is um, my uh, therapist would always say you should all over yourself. Uh, yeah, as a that's pun, a good one. She's clever, but <laughs> I <laughs> like, love that. Saying this perspective of, yeah, of like, I should be doing this. Well, who says that? Mm-hmm. Like, where is that coming from? Okay, that really piques the curiosity. Listen in as Faith, who, by the way, is a client of mine, talks us through her journey, just like the heroes in the book. All right, let's roll the music. You're listening to the One Small Bite Podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I have built a successful nutrition practice, helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you ready? Let's do this. Hola, folks. Welcome to the One Small Bite Podcast. Hey there again. I'm your host, David Orozco, and I am a certified intuitive eating registered dietitian nutritionist, and my practice is Orozco Nutrition. By the way, this is the podcast where we use the four C's, curiosity, compassion, commitment, and consistency to live a full life, and you're going to hear from my next guest, Faith. Faith is a client of mine. I'm not using her last name for her privacy. She is just like one of the heroes in my new book coming out, folks. Yes, it is out for Kindle sales right now. You can get it on Amazon. Go to Amazon, type in One Small Bite book, David Orozco, and you can easily download your Kindle. I also have a special coming up soon. And hey, if you do get a Kindle, make sure to leave me a review. Those reviews are really, really helpful. Look, I'm self-publishing, and it is very difficult because I don't have a publishing company, but it would be great if you can leave me a review because that plays with Amazon's algorithms, and that helps me get the book out to more people. It really helps with sales, of course. And you know what? More importantly, we're going to hear from Faith today. She really, to me, when I was doing this interview, I was wondering, gosh, I hope that this really sounds like some of the clients or some of the people that I write about in the book. And it did. She's the epitome of some of the heroes in the book, just like maybe Meredith or Angela or Catalina or Isabel. It was so, so nice to hear how... Uh, Faith's journey mirrored so much of those four C's, curiosity, compassion, commitment, consistency, and you're going to hear how she discovers 
one of the main four C's really at the end of this episode. So stay tuned because I'm really excited for you to listen in on this conversation so you can understand what this anti-diet weight-inclusive approach is and how we do it in our practice. This is going to be really, really great. I'm really excited for you to listen in on some of this. But before we get started with the interview, uh, just a quick disclaimer, while Faith is a client of mine, this is intended for informational and educational purposes only. This is not a treatment for you specifically. I do recommend that you seek out a registered dietitian nutritionist for medical nutrition therapy or a therapist for other emotional or challenges that come. So with that out of the way... Let's get the interview rolling with Faith. All right, folks, here we go. Hi, Faith. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate you doing this. This is awesome. (laughs) Thanks, thanks. Um, Why don't you tell people a little bit about your experience with food and Mm -hmm. your body, uh, both growing up and kind of to the present moment? Oh, gosh. Well, how much time do you have? Yeah, yeah, um, we, we have a 10-hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, all good. Um, so I think I was thinking about this and my relationship with food as a kid was always one really of joy. Like there was a lot of um, happiness and like family time around food. So um, there wasn't really anything that was particularly off limits. But I always say my favorite memory of being a kid was um, going to my grandmother's house like every Friday night. And she would fry fish and friends would come over. And my uncle was a football coach and he would come over and sometimes bring his team. And so it was just like this really family centered environment. So I think when I think about food, those are the things I love. Um, And I think as I got older, it was this kind of struggle with like seeing how other people look compared to how I looked. Um, And like this kind of comparison that um, kind of permeated a lot of my interactions. What do you mean by but, that? How, how did you look compared to other people? Was it your family, friends, or both? Yeah, I think it was more friends. Like my family, so I'm a woman of color. I'm a Black woman. Um, and so I have always been like a little bit larger and pretty active. But um, I think just that comparison of like being average height, average weight, as a kid. And then like in high school feeling like, okay, I'm a little bit bigger than like the other mostly white women that, um, I went to like high school with and things like that. So, um, that kind of comparison now as an adult, I see, but I think as a, as a kid, I didn't necessarily recognize it. I just thought like, okay, I know I'm, I know I look a little different, but kind of seeing that creep into me being a little more I've always been an introvert, but being a little more introverted, a little more quiet, a little more shy. Uh, so because of the comparison, it made you even more introverted, you think? I think so. Yeah. This is hindsight, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where did you go to school? Um, so I, I grew up in Virginia until middle school and then moved to Atlanta in ah, okay. uh, sixth grade. And so I went to middle and high school um, and college in Georgia. Oh, oh, middle and high school in, Mm -hmm. so elementary, mostly in Virginia and uh, middle and high school and college in Atlanta. Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. So you were playing this uh, comparison game. Did you have, uh, did you attempt or dabble in any kind of diets or food rules? So um, (laughs) 
<laughs> Not so much as a, as a kid. I think the, okay. so the first time I like was like, okay, I want to lose weight was at like in college. A lot of people put on the freshman 15. Mine right. was, I don't know, like a freshman 35 or something <laughs> like that. It didn't help that. Like I worked at an ice cream shop in <laughs> high school. <laughs> so just like that combined with being a little less active, like I was in color guard and in every club imaginable um, in middle in well, in high school and the club things continued in college, but not so much the activity that I got from Color Guard, where you're basically running for like three hours straight, three times a week yeah, yeah, with yeah. rolling flags and all of those yeah. things. So um, in college, I kind of saw my weight creep up and I didn't really make any serious attempts to lose weight. I just kind of started putting like little food rules. So that was the first time I decided, or maybe the second time I was vegetarian. Um, kind of most of the way through college and a little bit of grad school. <laughs> and then I've kind of dabbled in being vegetarian since, um, I guess we can talk about that later, but not so much now. <laughs> um, but I had kind of those rules of like, okay, well, let me just kind of tweak how I'm eating and really focus on like the healthier foods, quote unquote, mm -hmm, y'all mm -hmm. can't see my air quotes, but the healthier <laughs> foods um, and really making an emphasis on those. And then when I graduated from high school, I was like, well, let me try Weight Watch or graduate from college. It's like, let me try Weight Watchers. Mm. Um, and that was the first time went on Weight Watchers, um, lost quite a bit, like, I think like 40 pounds or so um, over the course of maybe like a year or two. And so I kind of dibbled and dabbled in that on and off. Um, but that's the only like really diet I've ever done. Um, did you lose weight in college when you dabbled in vegetarianism, vegetarianism? Not that was noticeable. Okay. Um, I've never been a big meat eater, so it kind of, it felt very natural for me to like, just kind of cut that stuff out. Didn't help. I watched some PETA videos. Um, and what was but, the impetus behind wanting to lose weight in college? Was it the same, the comparison game or? I think just, just thinking about weight as being so tied to health. And I was like, I want to be healthy. So I need to be X number of pounds. Um, and having seen like my weight just kind of creep up over the course of college. Um, yeah. So I think that was, I think that was the, the biggest part of it was really just, okay, well, if I'm at this weight, that means I'm healthy and tying those two things really closely together. Why? Why did you feel like you needed to be healthier? Were you unhealthy in college? Um, I I don't think I don't think I was unhealthy, but I think I I was a lot more sedentary than I had been, and so I was thinking about like, oh, I'm not active, so that's why my weight is creeping up, quote unquote. Um, mm. And so I think there was a definitely a change in like how I ate. I wasn't at home where like my mom was cooking or <laughs> like I'm eating dining hall food and whatever I could find that was vegetarian. And it did the campus I went to also wasn't terribly friendly towards vegetarianism. So oh, it was kind of, okay. it was a lot of just kind of grab whatever would, would fit within my like eating habits at the time. What about your social circle? Was the dieting going on with friends, family as well? Were you influenced by other people? Yeah, I think not, not so much with my friend group. Um, this is 
mid 2000s we're talking about. Okay. So it wasn't, and I went to a, I also went to a women's college. So it, there wasn't a lot of like active dieting. I don't felt like on campus. Um, I'd seen, you know, family members diet on and off through my entire life or kind of quote unquote struggle with their weight. So that wasn't foreign to me that you would change your eating habits to lose weight. So maybe you don't eat after eight o'clock at night, or um, you cut out these sorts of foods out of your diet. So I did definitely see people like dabble with like being semi-vegetarian or um, doing like fast for religious purposes, but also incidentally losing 20 pounds in a month or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think I definitely saw that around me, but it, it wasn't a message that necessarily came from like my friend group or my immediate family. It was more of just like kind of this ancillary thing that was out there. Like I might have a friend who was eating a little different, or my mom might be eating a different way, but it wasn't this message of this is what you should do as well. Did you get messages from like physicians though, or did you go to one? Was a physician telling you something about your weight or, Hey, you should be careful or something like that? Yeah, I've definitely had those conversations with doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, was this happening in college too? No, not so much. Not so much in college. I think okay. I probably didn't really go. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, so what 20-something year old does. Yeah, like, <laughs> when I got my shots to go to college. But that's why I mentioned a little while ago, you jumped into vegetarianism when you were in college mm-hmm. and you're tying it into health. And that's why I was saying, did, did a doctor tell you that you were unhealthy? Probably. <laughs> I, I There's not like a salient memory that I'm like, I remember X, Y, Z, you know, happening. Um, I think as an adult now, I'm very yeah. astute to those. Like I, yeah. I've had that conversation with my doctor, had that conversation with my GYN and, di- you know, different yeah. Um, healthcare providers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get what you said a little while ago, you know, you tied mm-hmm. health to fitness as well. So mm-hmm. your physical health, your physical ability and so therefore the idea is I'm not fit kind of, is that where I'm? Yeah. I'm I think that definitely, say? that definitely was the case of yeah. like, yeah. okay, I see Tyra Banks or whomever and they're, mm. they're relatively thin yeah. um, and also are really strong, like yeah. you know, cover of sports illustrated or whatever. Right, right, right. Didn't Tyra come out with like an apology for uh, two black women to about, you know, body image or something like that. I thought that, that oh. she did something like that. I don't know. I mean, I know she's, maybe. she's, she's pretty, she has become very uh, vocal about how much she weighs her dress size, like those sorts of things. In the last few oh, years, yeah. interesting. I might be mm-hmm. getting it wrong. Okay. Um, so, all right. You graduated college then you did weight watchers. You lost 40 pounds. Um, and then what happened after that? Um, well, like many diets, you gain the weight back. So <laughs> how, how, back soon? And, how soon uh, after it was a few years, a couple of years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and so then I was like, well, it worked before. Let me try that again. Oh, um, so you tried just, it again. Okay. Did, yeah. Just kept, I mean, honestly, like paid for Weight Watchers and kind of, kind of did it <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I think, I think the thing that always just being completely honest, attracted me to that as a, as a system was it feels less diety than like, I'm going to intermittent fast or go keto or, you know, one of those things, because it is, it kind of co opts some of the language of intuitive eating with being able to kind of eat whatever within reason. 
quote unquote. Um, yeah. Like it doesn't, it, it's not really, it's not intuitive eating, but it did feel a little less restrictive than some of the things I saw other folks doing um, to lose yeah. weight. And I think the other thing that really attracted me that now I've found in other ways is the sense of community because I always went to the in-person meetings. So mm-hmm. having that kind of, um, it's not really therapy, but that kind of um, peer support. Peer support. That's what it is. You're welcome. Um, of like folks, <laughs> people who are like going through the same sort of journey and some of the things you could relate to, but when yeah. people would say like, I'm obsessed with chocolate, chocolate has never been my thing. <laughs> so like, you know, you take what you want from it, but I think I've found that in other ways um, through this kind of journey I've been on. Well, yeah, you bring something up really that's really important. In fact, uh, the theme for our practice this year is community. Mm-hmm. And what we ha- what happens in community is that there's a sense of belonging, the sense of, of 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 identification or identity. And therefore, by doing such, when you hear someone else's plight or experience, lived experience, you want to help. And yeah. there's something that comes into you. There's an endorphin rush. There mm-hmm. is a feel good sensation. It's very human. It's very motherly. It's very nurturing. And thereby, believe it or not, studies do show that hormones like dopamine and oxytocin and um, uh, FSH, follicle stimulating hormone are released in greater quantities to make you feel better, to make you feel Mm -hmm. good. And so that camaraderie, that community is very, very important in any program. And so that is definitely one thing about Weight Watchers that I know was very successful, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Noom has tried to do it to some extent, although yeah. piss poor, pathetic. But um, <laughs> I want to touch on something that you said uh, sort of in passing. You tried it again and you you said it in quotes, kind of did it. What happened? <laughs> I, the first time it was a 40 pound weight loss. Second time? I have no idea because I just, <laughs> just like it would just. You'd be you know, in and out. I think I'd, I would go to the meetings, but then sometimes I'd be like, I'm not going to weigh in. Or, you know, I kind of <laughs> may track, quote unquote, some of the food I ate that day. So I just wasn't, there was, um, and I can say this now at the time I was like, I'm doing it. And I'm like, no, no, girl, you were not, <laughs> you were not. <laughs> um, but I, I think it was one of those things I showed up to, cause I was like, I, I like this. I like this community. I like this camaraderie. And maybe if I just keep coming, it'll Something miraculous will <laughs> osmosis <happen>. will happen. <laughs> I don't know. Speak <laughs> into my soul. Um, and magically I'll be X number of pounds lighter. I don't know. Well, I want to bring something up because I think this is really important because I put this in my book about mm-hmm. the four C's and one of the four C's, which is the last one, not that they were in any order is, uh, excuse me. Second, the last one is commitment number three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so committing to something, it sounds like in the first attempt with Weight Watchers, which is very, very common. If yeah. you can substitute Weight Watchers for something else, any other diet, any other diet approach, that first one, there's a level of commitment. That's really, 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 really strong. Why isn't that level of commitment there the second time around? What do you think? Do you remember? Hmm. I think there, I think there is some like arrogance with like, I've done this before. I got this. (laughs) That that definitely comes up. Um, And then I think there, there's some like biological things. I read this uh, article that was talking about the folks who've been on biggest loser and how their metabolism like slowed over time. So it became, even though they're, they may have ate the same number of calories and worked out the same amount. 
it was much harder for them to lose weight when they gained it back that after that first um, attempt. So I think there is some, you probably know the like actual science, <laughs> but I think I summarized that, right? You did. Um, you did actually, you did a great job. That is definitely from a physiologic standpoint, that's mm-hmm. spot on. Exactly. Your body will sense the second attempt to lose weight as a potential threat. And so your commitment, your what some people call discipline or willpower is going to be diminished significantly. The other reason, too, is that unlike anything else that we do in life, many things we don't have to do several times a day in order to live or survive. And even if there are foods that are told to you that are good or bad point structure in Weight Watchers, you get more points if you eat high calorie foods zero points if you eat low, very low calorie, high nutrient foods, it still infers that you're missing out on something. And so there's Mm -hmm. both the physical and the emotional um, prowess. No, that's not the right word. Physical and emotional connection to why you don't want to commit to this again. Mm -hmm. It's subconscious. It's subconscious there. Um, All right. Mm -hmm. So you dabbled in Weight Watchers again, kind of not the same thing. You probably didn't see as much weight loss or, or did you see any? Oh, geez. I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> like I blocked <laughs> it out of my brain. Um, it was, it was definitely a lot less. I think I may have lost like 15 pounds and then struggled almost immediately to even keep that amount off. Mm. Um, and eventually I, um, I was working with a trainer at the time, just taking like, she taught like spin classes and yoga mm. and different things. And the first time I met with her, she was like, my goal is always to make you strong. I'm not here to help you lose weight. If you want to lose weight, talk to a nutritionist, but like, that's not my jam. And I had never, the thought had never, at the time I was still doing Weight Watchers, (laughs) but um, the thought had never occurred to me to like, maybe I should talk to someone one-on-one and have like more of like a conversation than, um, and try that. So that's what, that's how I ended up like kind of digging into, I was like, huh, let me look into this. Cause at the time I was still thinking I wanted to lose weight. Yeah. Let me work with someone who can help me figure it out for like my own personal. um, Oh, so at that point you were, you were taking more of, let me do an individualized approach. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause she mentioned that. And I was like, that makes sense. Like, yeah, you're really about the physical fitness part, but not necessarily thinking about like she was like, my focus is not trying to help you like get skinny or anything like yeah. that, which I appreciate it because a lot of people are trainers and think they can dabble in nutrition. nutrition. Oh my God. <laughs> so tell I appreciated that it. perspective. <laughs> I need her name because that sounds like a great yeah. personal trainer. Great. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you did give us a, your name when you start, started working with us. So, um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, at what, at what point was this around? this working with this personal trainer and then seeking professional advice was this a few years ago or how long ago would you say this was yeah this was a few years back i think it was probably towards the end of like 2019 or so oh okay yeah, okay so, so this is relatively recent okay mm-hmm. and uh and then what what happened so i i met y'all <laughs> <laughs> So I um Okay, so we were so we were the 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 dietitians that actually started helping you out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You didn't go to somebody else before us. I didn't. Okay. And then you I so that should have no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tried somebody else and had a bad experience. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm so glad that you did not. I'm so glad that you did not. Um and so 
you didn't a- attempt some other diet in between that though, did you? I didn't. No, I was just kind of, I was kind of petering off with my like Weight Watchers experience then where I was okay. like kind of in, but not, not really invested at that point. Um, and so I was like, all right, let me try something that's a little more focused one-on-one. <laughs> um, and so that, yeah, that's how I ended up. Okay. So then you met us and mm-hmm. we introduced you to an intuitive eating weight inclusive approach. How'd that land on you? Yeah. I, at first I was like, and well, I think I came in, like, I know I eat healthy. Like I eat the right things. <laughs> the right. Um, yeah. yeah. The right in air quotes. <laughs> um, and so I think I was really just trying to figure out the tweaks. Like what are the, the like life hacks I can learn here <laughs> uh-huh. and be done with this and just, you know, magically get to whatever I thought the ideal weight was going to be. So I, I was open to it. I think I definitely came in like, okay, well, what I've been doing has not been working. So let's, let's try, let's see. And I had come across intuitive eating, like on Instagram and things like that for better or worse. Um, (laughs) And had a vague awareness of like what intuitive, what I thought intuitive eating was, which I thought was closer to just being like mindful about what you eat. And I think it's that, but it's a little bit, there's some more expansiveness behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And mindful eating is a part of intuitive. Mm-hmm. Eating. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So I had some minimal familiarity and I think um, just really the first thing, I think the first time I met with you, you were like, you were kind of, you were kind of hard. <laughs> I, was. You were, I mean, you're a nice person, but, <laughs> but it was like, Hey, this is what I, this is my like focus and these things. And I'm not like my goal is not to help you reach X weight. And I remember you distinctly said, you were like, you might even gain weight. And I was like, what, <laughs> why would you say that to me? And then I went home and thought about it and was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Um, <laughs> it does make sense. Um, but I read the intuitive eating book in like a couple of weeks and just like, it was one of those situations where you read something and you're nodding along the entire time. I was like, Oh but yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. And so then I, I, I came back and saw you <laughs> next session. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you bring up the other C, which is curiosity. And that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I am a little bit more stern or firm, uh, which may come off a little bit abrasive sometimes. sometimes. It wasn't abrasive. <laughs> well, I, I, let me tell you, I've, I've scared the living daylights out of people before. Like, girl, you are screwing your life up, blah, blah, blah. And I think I didn't mean to come off that way. And let me tell you, I had mm-hmm. someone tell me, I'm not going to come back to you. You made me feel so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Ooh, shoot. I need to watch my approach, <laughs> but I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think one of the things that's really, really important in the work that we do is we, it's, we need to establish boundaries. Mm-hmm. And also I I've mentioned this in other podcasts that I've been on and on, even on my show, you know, I waxed and waned with intuitive eating as a way of weight loss. And let me tell you, it is really, really dangerous when you do something like that because it confuses people. And so I didn't want to be in that game again anymore, you know? And so I had to actually practice for a couple of years. So when you started coming to see us, I was on the tail end of that practice. I was like, okay, you know, um, I need to be more clear, more obvious. And, and so therefore I don't end up presenting mixed signals to clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way I train my clinicians as well. So all the other clinicians are exactly in the same boat. Um, I'll tell you to this day though, I'll get 
a couple of clients, a few clients that like you, they were like, oh yeah, I'm open to this. This is great. I get it. I'm here for the long haul, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And several weeks to a few months into working with them, something happens in their life. Maybe they go to the doctor, maybe they get this crazy diagnosis, or maybe they just get a simple, you've got to lose weight from the physician, maybe harmless in general, but it is harmful. And they come back freaked out. It's like, okay, David, I love what you're doing, but quite honestly, I, I really do need to lose weight. My, my doctor's telling me I'm going to have to go on CPAP or I'm going to have to get on blood pressure medication, or I'm going to have to use uh, blood sugar medication. And I don't want to take medication and I don't want to die, blah, blah, blah. And then the idea that, and it, you know, what's interesting, if you give that a little space after a few weeks, that fear actually just subsides. And it's like, well, you know what? Life continues on anyway. And so that was part of the reason why I actually, since working with you, have improved my delivery just quite a <laughs> bit more. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm glad that you're saying that because I think that's really, really interesting. Um, what was one thing about intuitive eating or maybe more that really stood out for you? What kind of resonated the most? Oh, I think, I think, um, the making peace with food part and, mm -hmm. and finding this, this path of everything has a place and not in, not saying that, and it kind of being full of crap, <laughs> but <laughs> there really is a way to like eat cake and have, we've talked about this. I like my wine. So like I went to Napa a few weeks ago yeah. and what a great experience may have had a little too much, but <laughs> Good for you. But that was, yeah, that was one week of my life. It's not every single day. Right, and right. so really getting to the point where I could go on a trip like that, that I've been wanting to do forever and really be able to enjoy myself, um, enjoy the people I was with, enjoy the, the amazing food and restaurants we ate in. Um, so I think that has been the thing that it's still, it's still a work in progress. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think there is figuring out how to incorporate the things that I like and figuring out what things do I actually like? Because I think I had for so many years, this idea of like, I need to eat this sort of, these sort of foods to be healthy. And so it ended mm -hmm. up being a lot of lentils and rice. My sister would say this lentils, rice, avocado, kale, like that was <laughs> a lot of what I ate. I, and I enjoy those things. <laughs> I enjoy all those things, but like, do I want to, do I want to eat them all of the time? Yeah. So finding um, my thought of like, I don't really like meat. And I'm like, well, I really just don't like chicken. And so figuring out like the things that I like versus the things that I'm trying to make myself <laughs> like, because <laughs> I think they're healthier. Yeah. I remember now that you say that about chicken, I'm the same way. I'm not crazy about chicken. I'll eat it. It tastes okay. I mean, I like other parts of the chicken too. You know, I like the legs and the drum and the, uh, I guess legs, drum and same thing, uh, thighs, uh, wings, um, dark meat. I like the skin. You know, there's yeah. so much more part of that that I do like. I mean, but I still, even that. Then baked like, chicken breast. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I, I think two or three times this week, I had new, uh, new clients come in and each one of them talked about the standard healthy diet, the standard healthy eating approach, Br chicken, baked chicken breast, brown rice and broccoli. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's like so many people really. So making peace with food. I like what you said here. Everything has its place. Talk to me a little bit about how you incorporated that once you learned about that or how, how did, how did that start out? And then how did it progress? 
Yeah, I think it's one of those things that I nodded about when I read the book. I was like, <laughs> oh, you, you make peace. And then you're done. <laughs> Not realizing like this is an ongoing process to really <laughs> like unpack all the ideas I had about food that I've over years and years. I mean, I'm 35. So like I've cultivated three decades of mm-hmm. thinking about food. Now probably, mm-hmm. probably really like two two solid ones, but, um, but really thinking about like, okay, what are, and I think it was this like natural rediscovery phase where I just found things that I didn't really, like, I had never really been a big potato chip person. My dad loves potato chips. So I've always like eaten them sometimes. Like I've always been more partial to French fries, <laughs> but like now I have potato chips in the house. Cause it's something that I never really bought thinking like one, they weren't healthy. And two, they weren't something I enjoyed, but I was like, oh, I kind of like every once in a while having um, potato chips and like a glass of wine while I watch TV like that. That feels like a nice little vibe. Mm. And sometimes, yeah, I want popcorn, but popcorn is one of the foods that I figured out. I was like, oh, I'm eating that because I think it's it's a healthier option because you can do air popped popcorn with like minimal butter. It tastes like shirt but (laughs) i was like it it tastes terrible when you do that so yeah now when i make popcorn i'm like give me butter yeah yeah we do it with butter at my house we do it with butter in my house as well we love it i mean we absolutely love it we probably have popcorn two or three times a week easily Mm -hmm. we make homemade popcorn popped popcorn you know we buy those dried uh Mm -hmm. kernels (laughs) put it in a big pot throw in a big piece of butter in it and we have enough for the whole family and it's absolutely delicious. And it's so low calorie. People don't even realize it. And so high in fiber too. It's like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think I, I mean, I would eat popcorn because I was like, this is low in points. But now I'm like, ooh, but potato chips gives me the yeah. crunchiness. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I don't eat them every day, but it is something that now, like I go to the grocery store and I pick up, you know, the stuff from the center of the grocery store that I avoided before. I'm like, give me potato (laughs) chips. I want some Cheez-Its. Sometimes I might get ice cream. Like there's just, there's more, more of that like joy that I was talking about when I was a kid, like more of that joy around eating stuff I like and not thinking about what is, how am I going to have to track this? Will I have enough points for dinner? Will I be able to, um, you know, go out to that nice dinner later in the week with friends. Um, so there is there, I think I just, I think about food less. (laughs) There's not as much like emphasis on, I do like my meal plan. We've talked about that, (laughs) (laughs) planning, but I think I've figured out that I enjoy food and I like cooking Mm. and have like discovered like baking is fun. So like these different things that I had I didn't really grow up cooking or those things. So I kind of taught myself to cook later in life. Um, But discovering that, like, I don't have to just stick to the healthy food blogs when I find recipes, like I can find recipes anywhere. And if it's terrible, Mm. don't make it again. (laughs) But, (laughs) but like not restricting myself so much to certain sorts of things. I want to go back to something that you said a little while ago, though. Mm-hmm. You talked about the joy of eating, kind of tied it back into your childhood. I do remember, I don't know if I talked to you in our sessions about this before, but um, I do have uh, several clients where sometimes that actually comes up and maybe they live or they move to Atlanta from a different city. And so they're brand new to the city. They really don't have roots established here. The family may not be here. Uh, and I see this from so not every client, but several clients. And 
again, I remember an example of another client where she remembers some of the foods that she ate growing up as a child. And I said, that's the kind of food we need to get you to start eating again. Mm -hmm. Enjoy this, enjoy that, enjoy those chips, enjoy those, the fried food, enjoy the, uh, with her, I think it was Dominican food. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. You know, I'm Colombian and I, I just love my arepas and my empanadas and, and my pacatones. And so I, you know, I really, but I also grew up eating Cuban food too. Mm -hmm. So gosh, when we go to, I remember we went to, oh my God, we went to Key West not so mm -hmm. long ago. And they have this great Cuban restaurant down there. And I hadn't been to a Cuban restaurant in a long time. So I took my wife and my daughter and I'm like, oh, okay, we got to try congri. We're going to have to try robab. Yeah, we're going to have to try tostones. We're going to have to try uh, maduros. We had like six plates of food. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think I ordered too much. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. But I did want to get back to something that you said about that. And I think that that's really, really important. And that is that childhood. You know, when you first started, you literally said, you know, the joy of food, being at your grandmother's, her cooking that fried mm -hmm. fish and family. And then you said football. I was like, oh, my God, look at all those great little experiences. <laughs> and one of the things that I tell clients or people quite often is that eating isn't just uh, a physical function. Yes, eating is social, but eating is an experience. Every time you eat, you're either experiencing something new or you're experiencing or trying to reestablish or recreate an old experience. Mm -hmm. and, and so when we're eating things and we are told we can't eat the very things that we enjoy, we actually create a very, very, a very big emotional gap, not just a restriction on food. And so we will eventually have the trouble of going back to trying Weight Watchers again and not being successful for that very reason. You may not be, you may be getting enough calories. You may be getting enough food, but because you're not allowed or you're told you're not supposed to eat this food or that food or this food, what ends up happening is you are having a rest emotional restriction as well. And so you bring that example in again, I thought it was really, really nice. Uh, you also said something meal plan. I think that that's really, really important. Um, have I ever given you a meal plan? No, <laughs> I think you actually told me like, don't ask me. for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, we don't do that, but we've actually done a lot of planning with around your food. Haven't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And talk a little bit about that. What did, what did that entail or what do you remember from that? Yeah. So I, um, I try, I tend to have to make everything just a little too complicated. Like I'm a perfectionist at my core. So I like would have this like written out plan of like, this is what I'm going to eat this week. I'm going to cook this and this and this. Um, now I do that. I found an app that makes it, it takes yeah. about an hour of the work. Out of it. Yeah. Um, but I really focused on just planning a couple meals at a time. So I would, I would have this ambition of like, this is what I'm going to eat for the next week. Half of it, I would throw in the compost at the end of the week. I buy all these, you know, all of this aspirational food. Uh -huh. um, and so I, I think now I still try to, I'm working on um, wasting less, but that's more of just like from an environmental standpoint, mm -hmm. not really around and, and budgetary. Um, like, I'm yeah, not throwing not, food out. Yeah, not well, and not around the restrictive nature of trying to mm -hmm. cut calories or something like that. that's what you're yeah. saying, I think, right? Yeah, 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 not really focused around the 
what the food means in some sort of emotional way, but really focusing on like, okay, pra- practically, how do I have less of an impact on this beautiful planet? Yeah. So, um, yeah, now my, I've really been focusing on how do you, how do I like kind of reuse things? So I'm, I live, I'm a single person and I live alone. Mm-hmm. So almost every meal that a recipe I find online is for like four. And mm. I don't want to eat the same thing yeah, for four days. <laughs> <laughs> so I have fallen in love with freezing things. <laughs> so I'll like make something and like freeze some of it, or I'll, you know, get a loaf of bread and freeze half of it um, so that I don't feel so wasteful. But then also, you know, trying to figure out if I buy this loaf of bread, can I use it a few different ways? So I don't feel like I'm eating the same thing all the time. Can I make tofu and use it? in a taco bowl one night and then put it with some stir fry. Like how do I get the most bang for my buck out of some of the foods that I'm buying and eating? Um, and we've talked, I think we talked about too, um, variety. (laughs) That's been, that's been a key thing because like I said, I was eating the same stuff all the time, especially for lunch because I'm a perfectionist and I'm also a creature of habit. So I've eaten overnight oats for breakfast for years. You're actually bringing something up here that's really important. That is closely tied to perfectionism because as a perfectionist, if you can't make something perfect, then you're just going to go with something that you know how to do very easily. Mm -hmm. And so one of the challenges with perfectionism is that it stalls growth. You can't move forward. And so this is one of the reasons when we were planning is spice it up, throw something new in, try something different. I also love another thing that you're saying here, and that is another one of the C's, and that is curiosity. I have learned, you said, I have learned to love freezing, and that's great. That's so, so important because I hear people talk about batch food, uh, cooking food, and they don't do it anymore after a couple of tries for the exact same reasons. Like they get tired of eating the same food four times in a, in a week. Oh, yeah. And then that creates no variety, which then leads to very similar restrictive behaviors. It's closely tied to restrictive or avoidant type behaviors. And we don't even realize it. Diet culture seeps its way in so insidiously that you're not even aware it's going on sometimes. That is amazing. Um, there, there, There is... Um, some, there's a lot of what we do though, together that is gentle nutrition too, which I think you're alluding to as well with the meal planning. Um, and I know that that's not something specifically that I said I was going to talk to you about, but you know, it's just coming to mind because of what we're, we're talking about. So along the meal planning, do you feel like you're forcing yourself to have, um, I, I, I guess I'm leading the question by saying the word force, but uh, do you feel like you're forcing yourself to have something that you're supposed to have or how does it flow for you? Oh, that's a good question. I think I'm, I'm learning to like, listen to what I need. And so sometimes I think I've come in and been like, I need to eat more fruit. And you're like, why? And I'm like, cause <laughs> I like it and I feel better when I eat it, but I don't eat it. <laughs> like things <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, there isn't, there isn't like any sort of way that you've been like faith, you need to eat 
I'm going to use chicken breast. Yeah. There's no hatred for the chicken. Yes, yeah, right. No, no, but, there isn't. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, you need to eat chicken breast three days a week, or you should be eating this. Like there is, um, my, uh, therapist would always say you should all over yourself uh, yeah, as a that's pun, a good one. she's clever, but <laughs> I <laughs> like, love that having this perspective way. of, yeah. Of like, I should be doing this. Well, who says that? Mm-hmm. Like, where is that coming from? Um, and learning to unpack, like what, what are the things that actually feel good rather than these like preconceived notions I have of like a healthy meal looks like X, Y, Z and may not include the fried fish. I loved growing up that my grandma would fix or the mac and cheese that my mom makes and never wants to make anymore. (laughs) Maybe when she hears this, she will make me a batch of mac and cheese. What's your mom's name? (laughs) Patrice. Patrice. She wants some mac and cheese, girl. Come on. <laughs> My sister actually asked for it for last year at Christmas and she made some, but, uh, okay. but like, like having, yeah, but let's know, not this... wait till Christmas to have it again. <laughs> no. Come on, mom. <laughs> so we'll, you know, like having these things that I enjoy and love and, you know, like, I'm not going to make mac and cheese tonight, but it's yeah. something I like and yeah. have made never. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, maybe I'll learn to make it if my mom hears this and decides to make something. All right. So I'm not trying to rub it in, but because you're mentioning it, I actually, we have mac and cheese quite a bit. I bet it is the good old fashioned craft mac and cheese that you get in those box. Mm-hmm. No, it's not the same thing, but it does a great <laughs> substitute because my daughter loves them all the time. But I went camping the other day and I just, I just packed things together for lunch. And I thought, Hmm. All right, let me throw in the mac and cheese because it's super easy to to boil up when you're camping and or hiking in my case. And I bought a packet of chorizo tuna, you know, those uh, the ones that come in those uh, aluminum foil packs now. Um, And so I thought, hmm. And then I put a whole bunch of kale in a sandwich bag, a Ziploc sandwich bag and took all the air out of it and then just put it with all my food stuff. And so I boiled it up in my jet boil and I put in the chorizo and added a little bit more of slap your mama spice. I don't know if you're familiar (laughs) with that. I love hot heat, but I put that in there and oh my God, it was so delicious. It's kind of like a camper's version of tuna nuna casserole Mm -hmm. or something. It was off the chain. It was just. It's amazing the things that like, I'll just throw in a pan together right right it comes out amazing there's this like um uh spaghetti with fried eggs recipe from i think it's mark (gasps) bitman from the new york times oh i love eggs and put yeah pasta in it and it is simple but i like to elevate it so i throw like capers and sun-dried tomatoes and kale and like make it this whole thing it's delicious (laughs) but it like started with like this very basic recipe that i was like what else do i have that i can make this feel a little yeah. heartier and more like something that I really want to eat. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that goes along with curiosity and, mm-hmm. and, and committing yourself to throw in some variety and, you know, and just being consistent with that approach. You like how I'm throwing all the seas here. I got one more coming up. soon. <laughs> but I love just backing up a little bit. I love that you talked about Mark Bittman. I love Mark Bittman because Quite honestly, of all the chefs that are out there, he is so science knowledge. Is that my saying that right? He's just so knowledgeable about the science of food. And 
different styles and cuisines and he's not one of those show off kind of jazzy chefs that are out there doesn't even have his own show but he has a lot of great books and man guy's just brilliant um all right just because i'm on my 4c kick here where has compassion fallen in in the line of work that we've done here and there oh (laughs) Well, I mean, we've talked about my perfectionism, but I think I think the biggest thing, and this has been kind of, there's been inklings of this for years now for me, is like learning or relearning and embracing self-compassion because I tend to have this like, oh yeah, those rules are great for other people. <laughs> <laughs> like compassion and empathy, that's fine for me to give to other people, but am I really giving that to myself? And so a lot of the work, that I think I was already doing in therapy because I, I kind of came from my therapy and my nutrition, like journeys have sort of aligned and merged. Um, But a lot of the stuff that it's funny how much overlap there is between like the self-compassion work I was doing with my therapist and kind of having self-compassion around food and learning to really like embrace my body just the way it is. And I think that has been the thing that um, has really been transformative of, all right, let me not focus on trying to change. Um, Cause I like tweaking. I like to always like figure out what's the next thing and really sitting with, let me learn to love this body exactly the way it is. Um, And I think that has been, oh, That's been like the thing that has permeated, like, uh, we haven't really talked a lot about movement, but like, that's the thing that has, I think, even kicked that off even more. So I've Mm -hmm. always been in my adult life. I've always, I've always gone to the gym. I've always worked out. I've always loved dance. I was in Colorado Mm -hmm. many moons ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so realizing like, I can so I, I jazzercise, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, this, but other people don't, I go to jazzercise regularly. Um, oh, and you do and spin sometimes too. I do spin. Yeah. But yeah, jazzercise yeah. is like my main jam. Yeah. 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 That's your jam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my jam. And so, you know, I, instructors there would be like, you should think about becoming an instructor. And I was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't possibly. Yeah. Do that. I will but, tell you as a spin instructor myself, it'll burn you. It'll burn you out. It'll just mm-hmm. wear you out. But anyway, where were you going? Sorry. <laughs> well, I was thinking about maybe doing, <laughs> Oops. but it's one of those things that I'm no, no, no. I mean, I, I know I was like, there's that's why I've contemplated for like years now, but, um, rather than just saying like, oh no, I could never, I'm like, maybe I could like, (laughs) like maybe I could, and maybe I don't teach a ton, but wait a minute. So then what, what, what would you say is holding you back? Is it body image? I think, well, I think there, what I was going with is, um, I think the self-compassion journey has also seeped into like a little more confidence in who I am because I would have just been like, Absolutely not. <laughs> Another C. Like, I meant to put that with C in my book as well. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I do think they're they're closely tied of, you know, learning to have more compassion for who I am and not thinking I have to be perfect because I had this, mm-hmm. you know, I have this image of what I think a um, fitness instructor looks like. And it's not my five, six, 250 plus self. <laughs> However, there are women who teach jazzercise that look like me, which is part of why I started going. Cause I was like, oh, these women are teaching and they're great and they're active and like joyful. Um, 
but having that thought of like, that's fine for them. But for me, you know, I need to be X, Y, Z in order to do that. Mm -hmm. And I really have been able to, this is just, I mean, this is more of just an example. Yeah. Yeah. But um, really getting to the point where I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. and not to say, you know, I I might never do it, but, (laughs) but to at least entertain the thought of, is that something I want to do and not let, if I don't do it, it's not because I have this idea of my body isn't able to do it. It's more of like, okay, logistically (laughs) it may not work or something like that, but not let the body I'm in and the body that I'm learning to love hold back that thought. Yeah. 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 Perfectionism perfectionism Mm -hmm. is the enemy of progress. I, I, I love what you're saying here about compassion and self-compassion about your your inner critic and being curious as to wait you know i might be able to do this or uh, you might i might enjoy it uh, and to go back to my point about don't do it you know it it burned me out it burned me out be- for for other reasons it burned me out because uh, usually when i do something i'm the opposite end of perfectionism in in that uh, i am an overachiever so i'm going to do a lot of it i was at one point where i was okay. teaching about four classes two or three in the morning and then one in the afternoon on a Friday. And boy, it just wears Mm -hmm. you out. I mean, oh my gosh, it just was too much. And so after a while, I lost the love for going and doing it. And I I really do enjoy listening to the music in a spin class and and being in the group and, you know, teasing the instructor from time to time. (laughs) Like, that's not fast enough, you know, so on and so forth. and so I yeah, but you're learning that. to like find the joy in it again. Yeah. Right? Like you're right. finding joy now that you're not yes. responsible for teaching it. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. I had a similar conversation with someone recently. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, sometimes there is a lot of joy in teaching the class too, because as, as long as you're not doing it all the time, you get into see these people and you become, mm-hmm. again, you become into a, you come into a group. There's community, camaraderie, you know, and so same similar uh, concept here. And I, and I love that you brought up the movement piece of all of this because that is definitely something since the moment you started working with us that you've just been consistent with all the time. You've been going on a regular basis and you do it because you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's really, really cool. Yeah, I am a I'm an avid believer in... I don't like running. I'm not going to (laughs) run, like find the things that make you happy or at least don't make you miserable. (laughs) Like, is it tolerable? I mean, I think when you work out, you're, you almost always will feel better afterwards. Like there are times, cause I, I'm a morning workout person. There's times I am like dragging myself out of, (laughs) out of my house. Me too. Um, but then once I get there, I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I came. Yeah. Even if it's not the best workout, even if I'm like, I'm only half doing the moves today, but there's just something about um, that I think also has helped with my own like tendency towards anxiety and those Mm, things. Like mm. when I get up and I move, I Mm -hmm. feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, It's sort of like the food. Like when I, when I eat the stuff that like makes me happy and brings me joy, (laughs) like all those things kind of work together. Yeah. 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 Wow. This is fantastic. Uh, Faith, this is amazing. I really love chatting with you. I I love our sessions. I mean, the connection that we've had together has been so fantastic. And I I hear all of the transformations that you've made over time. What do you say was, has been one of the biggest transformations along this intuitive eating weight inclusive journey? Um, hmm. Well, I think self-compassion is, is a big one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I would definitely say, and this is a, I guess, relatively new within the past few months, I put away my scale. I stopped getting on it. And I was like, next time I have like a whole thing. Next time I see my doctor, I'm not letting her put me on a scale. <laughs> like, and so I have like absolutely no idea what I weigh, but I, I, I know how do my clothes fit, <laughs> like those sorts of things. Um, if I have to buy a new wardrobe, that might be a different conversation, but um, really just focusing on like, how do I feel? Am I, am I feeling like I'm hydrated? Do I feel good when I go to the gym and I work out? Can, do I feel like it's not a challenge? I live on a second floor. Do I have issues coming up the stairs? Like focusing on some of those more things that are indicative of my health and not really so much on the scale. And I think just the journey I've been on, um, we didn't talk about this, but like I had fibroid surgery last year and like thinking about um, how do I just live in a way that is just about taking care of myself in all the ways that that um means. So yeah, getting, I didn't get rid of it, but I put it in a corner. The scale is not (laughs) in my bathroom right when you walk in anymore. So I think that has definitely helped, um, just with losing that, that sort of focus on, uh, weight being the single indicator of like how I feel and the health that I feel in my body. That's great that I'm sure people listening are are hearing that transformation and self-compassion that is more focused on the totality of who you are and not just mm-hmm. the number on a scale. I also want to tell uh, listeners how you were one of the very first members in our Get Unstuck group mm-hmm. uh, course that we did. It's a peer community-based course. And uh, I'd love for you, if you don't mind, just Telling them a little bit about your experience with Get Unstuck. Um, <laughs> no, it was really interesting. And I actually went back and forth. I was like, I don't need that. And then I was like, hey, just, just give it a shot. You might learn something. And I think like I'm big on community, as we've talked about. And so just having conversations with this uh, dynamic, dynamic group of folks who are in all different parts of their journey. But um, like, I think I had. I've been on this maybe a little bit longer than some of those people, but I learned things from them. So just having kind of that guided reminder, (laughs) like we, we get so in the weeds about the things that I think I need to focus on at that point, but I forget about like, there's 10 principles of intuitive eating (laughs) and maybe sometimes I need to go back and revisit one that I haven't thought about in a while. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think that just the, the conversations that we had, um, and, and having that guiding voice between you and Reagan of, and getting to know her was incredible too, because she's fantastic, She's but, um, really just having like these smaller conversations and realizing how many similarities there are between our like paths and our journeys, um, and really just met some really, really great people. So I'm excited because I know we're staying in touch, um, I guess it was 10 of us. Um, yes. So just yeah. cultivating those relationships on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So just to let people know, this is a five-week course. It was 60 minutes, but because of the feedback that we got from all of you, uh, we're making it 90 minutes because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just wasn't enough time. We would have so much to talk about. You're like, oh, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had considered doing it six weeks, but we're also trying to be conscious of cost and making it 
you know, affordable for most people. And then um, once you do the program, you also get automatically um, a membership to our membership group for three months. So we do ongoing monthly visits after that. Um, so next Tuesday, uh, at the time of this recording, we're going to meet uh, for our little reunion, which has been a month. Can you believe mm-hmm. it's been a month already? <laughs> I know. That's wild. That's <laughs> crazy. Um, and you were also, like I said, you were part of the, our beta group. So we learned a lot from, from you and we got some great feedback, which is great. We'll be starting another group uh, April 26th of 2022. If you're listening to this in the future, we'll be probably having many more uh, throughout the year. Uh, so, you know, be stay tuned for more of that. But yeah, I just wanted to say that you were like so instrumental in a lot of the conversation that um, a lot of the girls in there had. And um, it, it, it goes back to what you were saying about Weight Watchers. There are pieces of the things that we do in diet culture that are beneficial for our lives. Mm-hmm. And community is by far one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Definitely. Yeah. So Faith, this has been fantastic, girl. You've been awesome. I mean, fantastic. <laughs> really, really. Is there any last words that you want to give the audience? Oh, actually, you know, what would you say is one small thing that people you would recommend people to build on or focus in on? Oh, um, I would just start with eating what you want to eat and seeing how it feels like, just give it a shot for a little bit, Ooh, that's eating good. the things that sound good to you. If it's cake for the entire day, let it, I was about to quote Marie Antoinette, but we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> like half cake. If you want cake, half cake, and just give it a shot for a little bit and just see how, how it feels. And if you eat that cake, you might get sick the next day, but <laughs> it's a learning experience. And so just be open to learning more about your body and how you feel. Yeah. I love that you're saying that because even if you get sick, it is still your body's way of communicating to you mm-hmm. quite simply. Hey, okay. You had too much. Okay. Um, and I love that you're saying be present with it. That, that That's really the key message behind that is just be present with it. And all right, see how that feels. Thanks, Faith. That was good. That was really good. I put you on the spot there. (laughs) It's been great. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And of course, I'll I'll be seeing you soon on our sessions. Wow, that conversation could have gone on for a lot longer. So Faith, thank you so much for your generosity and time for being on the show and sharing your story. Hey, if you're interested, again, the book is called One Small Bite, Anti-Diet Stories That Will Help You Build a Positive Relationship to Food. Listen in to more episodes coming up. I have another client who is sharing her story, and this is going to be great. You'll hear how she, too, went through that same journey, but we didn't use specifically intuitive eating. So stay tuned. That's coming up in a couple of weeks, but next week, I've got a great episode for you. I've got Val Schomburg, registered dietitian nutritionist, to bring to us a segment on menopause. So you got to listen in on this, what it is and what happens with our eating and dieting and bodies and weight. Great conversation. Excellent conversation that we had. So can't wait to have you listen into that. I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by my new course, Get Unstuck, Secure Your Relationship with Food. The course is coming out 
April, starting April 26, 2022. Registration is going up in a couple of days. There is an early bird special that lasts until a week prior to the course starting. So stay tuned for that. Go to the website or roscoenutrition.com. You'll see courses, resources, courses on there. And you can register for the new course. It's, again, five weeks, 90 minutes on Zoom. So you don't have to travel anywhere. It's awesome. And uh, remember, it's going to be live on our website, orosconutrition.com. Please go visit that. And hey, just one last request. If you haven't already, Click follow or subscribe to the show on your podcast device so you get these episodes downloaded directly every Wednesday when they come up and you won't miss a beat. And also, hey, listen, I'd love if you could please leave me a review on Apple Podcast. If you're there, drop me some stars and leave me a review. Those reviews are really helpful to get to know what my audience is interested in as well as just get a little feedback from you. So I'd love to hear from you soon. All right, folks, I just want to leave you last again with a big thank you and remember... If you haven't already, chop that diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Until next time, ciao. Oh, yeah.